we are of course going to be talking about Enki's return, the Adamic DNA, the Tree of Life and Awakening Giants. That's the topic for today. We also have the legendary Alex Collier and uh, Lena Denan who both have done incredible work in making available to people this incredible information about the return of the Anunnaki, at least one of those factions that are associated with Enki. Now, this is something that I've long been familiar with in doing my exopolitics research, that the Anunnaki were these beings that were associated with the, the foundation of humanity. And I thought it was just a historical issue. And so I was really shocked when people started to talk about the return of Enki and that there were beings associated with Enki's faction that were on Earth. So the more I looked at that body of information, the clearer it became that this was something that was very important for us to understand. And, and this is one of the things that I'm very happy about doing this exopolitics work is because the information I'm, I'm getting is topical. It's things that are happening right now that help explain the background of events happening around the world. Now anyone that follows geopolitics, and I'm sure many of you do follow geopolitics as I do, it's very easy to be kind of lulled into this false sense of security about what is going on by the mainstream news coverage. Because beneath that there is a much deeper layer of what's going on. And of course UFO research deals with a lot of historical cases, UFO sightings, so exopolitics is something that we really need to understand in terms of working out the big picture of what is really happening behind the scenes. The Enuma Elish is the oldest Sumerian text and it's so the oldest historical text that has been found. So what it discusses is the creation of gods and it, it, it talks about these foundational gods the ones that came out of the primordial void, Apsu and Tiamat, who then created Anu, who is presently the, the, the king, or was regarded then as the king of the gods, Ia and Marduk. And then there were lesser gods created. Uh, these are called the Igigi. And finally, humanity. So humanity is at the bottom of the pyramid. And the Enuma Elish was transcribed around 1900 BC, but the original version came from Sumer around 3800 BC. So now we come to the creation of humanity. Humans were created as a slave race. So in the Enuma Elish, the sixth tablet, it describes the process. I will create a creature named man. He will do all the work of the gods so that the gods may be free. The sixth tablet tells us how that was done. So the sixth tablet tells us that uh, then they bound Kingu in change. So there was a war between the gods. 
and Kingu was leader of the losing faction, and he was brought before Ia, or Enki, and Enki was part of the victorious faction, associated with Anu and Enlil. So the throat of Kingu was cut, and from his blood man was created in order to serve the gods. So, so the Enuma, according to the Enuma Elish, uh, humanity was created out of the blood of Kingu, one of the gods associated with the primordial gods Apsu and Tiamat. Now we, there's another text, another historical text, which gives us much more information, and that is the Atrahasis. The Atrahasis discusses the creation of man. Uh, so it says that Eden was a genetic experiment. Now, there's a question that we need to kind of like address here, which is, well, <clears throat> you know, how seriously should we accept the Anunnaki version of events? I mean, what's described in the Sumerian, the Akkadian, the Babylonian texts? I mean, how accurate is that? Is that just, is that, is that the victors of earlier conflicts describing what, what happens? That's something we need to kind of keep in mind here. There's an alternative version of history, and then we need to kind of like look at that, which is that it wasn't in any way so simple. When the Anunnaki show up around 450,000 years ago, what they encountered were primitive humans in terms of lifestyle, but the genetics of those humans carried the seeds of earlier extraterrestrial interventions. Now, according to Radu Cinema, he says that there were two branches of, cre of uh, humanity that were created using a combination of extraterrestrial and primate DNA. So by that primate DNA, we're talking about uh, very primitive humans. So that would not necessarily have been the survivors of earlier civilizations. So that's something to keep in mind. So Radu's cinema identified different symbols of, in the DNA to differentiate between these two long-term human experiments. He describes Adamic man. Adam was the first conscious human being belonging to the, he calls it the ENL branch, which was created on Earth and had most of the characteristics of perfection. So according to Radu Cinema, you do, you do have an Adam being created, and this was the most perfect blend of extraterrestrial and primitive DNA. And he says that this is part of, this is um, something you can identify in the chromosomes uh, of uh, modern day humanity. So that's telling us that this second branch of humanity, the ENK or the RH positive, had very little, if any, extraterrestrial genetics at all. So that kind of might give us an idea as to why today, if you look around the world, there are a lot of people that go into shutdown mode over the, over the UFO, over the extraterrestrial question. Now, I'm sure many of you here that are watching this, you've all experienced friends, family, colleagues, kind of like almost you know, just going into this hypercritical state when you start talking about all the evidence about UFOs and extraterrestrial life. And, you know, why is that so unreasonable? Now, for those of us that feel we have a connection to these extraterrestrials, whether it's through contact, whether it's through being a star seed or some other way, you know, we feel very comfortable with the idea of extraterrestrials. In fact, we look forward to that. We look forward to making contact. 
and that becoming a bigger part of our lives. But for those that don't ha that don't have the this extraterrestrial DNA, it's very fearful for them. Now, we get this attempt to to kind of create demigods or beings that would kind of like act as intermediary between these different groups. So you you have an attempt to create a hybrid group of beings that would be able to be accepted by both sides of these two branches of humanity. So these demigods, they were created and they were a, a bridge to the perfect humans and to the extraterrestrials. And what distinguished the demigods was their ability to use advanced technologies. So this is one of the things that marked them aside from ordinary humans, is that they carried the DNA or the genetics that would allow them to access and activate extraterrestrial technologies. We get the blueprint for the Adamic DNA. So the, the lead Anunnaki scientist was uh, Prince Ia also known as Enki. So he created the original Adamic DNA along with the different variations. So there were many variations here. So this was the work of Enki and Ninhusak. She was, and the Sumerian texts kind of differ on this, she was either Enki's sister or Enki's mother or even Enki's wife, depending on <laughs> what source you go to. So this is where we get to the question of the giants. So the ETs and the Anunnaki create multiple Adamic bodies for Earth conditions. And as I said, this makes perfect sense that the Anunnaki are extraterrestrials. Earth is a hostile environment to them and their body is not suited to it. And it would be much safer for them to create an avatar for Earth conditions and, and just simply transfer their consciousness to that avatar and just use that avatar for as long as they need and when they're done or if there's an accident and that avatar is killed no big problem they just transfer back to the starship where their original body is held in a stasis chamber so i think that's how the anunnaki did it and that these bodies that that have been found all over the earth i mean here you have you know normal human six foot here you have uh, a 15 foot uh, giant that's that was found in Turkey. Here's uh, an eight foot six giant that was Maximus Thrax, one of the Roman emperors. Uh, Ten foot six, that's uh, Goliath. A twelve foot uh, being that was, uh, I think that's his father, Og. Uh, then, then you go to this nineteen point six foot uh, giant that was found twenty three feet, twenty five point six feet, a thirty six foot giant. So, so why would there have been these? giant bodies created. Why would the Anunnaki do this? Well, I think the Anunnaki were a highly... Well, now we begin the very exciting part of today's program where we are going to be having a panel discussion where I get to ask Alex Collier and Elena Danan about some of the issues I've raised and anything that they have to add to this information. Firstly, let me open it up to Elena. Elena, is there anything you want to add to 
what I've said in this webinar. I know a couple, a lot of issues, but maybe if, if there any, if, is there anything that kind of like stuck out for you that you want to correct or you want to elaborate? Yes, Michael, um, thank you for asking. Well, yes, I have taken some notes and there are some uh, few things uh, I, I can comment on. And um, you ask you ask about the giants, if when the, the Anunnaki arrived, uh, they, they yeah. met giants that were already there. They didn't find any giants uh, already there. They manufactured them. Yes, so... Um, so uh, there is, uh, I have um, a comment also on the tree of life and tree of knowledge. To me, there are three different kind of type of trees. There is the tree uh, such as what JP uh, saw, which is a tree that is able to give abundance. And it's, it's a tree uh, that in a certain way gives uh, so many vitamins and products that it can extend life and it's something quite next to magical uh, that's that would be this kind of tree of life then also a medicine tree you know and then also you have the tree of life that is the mm -hmm. dna the tr uh that is uh the the double uh you know the double elixir of the dna which is uh, it's assimilated in shamanism to the tree through where you through which you you travel your journey through different realms of consciousness so that would be something you do using your your dna and by activating it so that that would be the the tree of life that is the dna that also you can manipulate etc and then there's the tree of knowledge the knowledge that is attained by activating the two coils, the two serpentine electrode energies, which also called the Kundalini, within a human body, within the spine. And that is, um, it's similar to the double coil of the DNA, which is not the same thing. It's an energetic thing. And that opens the, the pineal gland and higher state of consciousness. And uh, I would be inclined to, to believe that it's more what it is about about adam and eve and the, the tree of life or of knowledge it may be either this awakening of the kundalini or either activation of dna i don't know which one it is but uh, i would say this um also regarding enki or yeah um to answer a question i may read very quickly uh excerpts of a discussion a conversation i had with him recently um that i i prepared um it, it's I'm, I'm i'll be quick so he showed me um he showed me the eden laboratory uh in the nibiru ship and there were uh children hybrid children anunnaki there um that's something i was keeping for your um your uh, your webinar um and he said this and this will answer as well for the, 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 the bearded uh, giants on earth. These children, he has said, carry great souls from our people, scientists, engineers, builders, medics, all destined to be a gift to the people of Terra in compensation for damages perpetrated by my family on this planet. This is nothing compared to the depth of my family towards the earth people. These avatars were engineered in these, in this 
Eden as hybrids of Earth human and Anunnaki. As you know, Anunnaki physiology cannot thrive in Earth, gravity, atmosphere, and magnetosphere. So we always use hybrid avatars to transfer our consciousness into, either as a full incarnation or either as a temporary transfer. So I I, um, I asked him if the it was... I mentioned the, 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 the movie, self-disclosure movie Avatar, and I explained how, how it works in, in this, uh, this fiction. And uh, so it said it's basically the same thing. And I asked, is it the same for the giants in stasis? And he replied, he's <laughs> legendary indeed. <laughs> and, um, and the last thing um, he's, uh, I want to mention about him before um, answering further questions is that... Um, when I asked him once if he wasn't bothered because of people that try to discredit him on earth, uh, because he's, he's done so much to uh, to bring back uh, a gift to repair the, the, the wrongs that have been done by his family. He was a victim himself. He lost, he lost the war, he lost humanity, but he came back to, to repair what had been done. So he said it, he said something that I like to mention. He said, it doesn't matter if they don't trust me. I don't mind. But what matters to me is that they trust in themselves. And he added recently to the same question, what would it change if I cared? Nothing, you know. They are blinded by their own demons. Let them think and say what they want. It doesn't change my work in the slightest ways. I don't hear them from there. And that was a little note of uh, humor. Um, I can't finish. That's it. I want to say that. Thank you, Elena. That uh, really does uh, help clarify some issues. So I want to give Alex Collier, the great uh, Commander Collier, or the galley cook, whichever it is, uh, can you maybe share a little bit of your insights as to what you heard in the webinar? <coughs> well, I was just in the galley stir-frying some Andromedan pears. <laughs> They're delicious. <coughs> Michael, that was a, it was a, an excellent seminar. And, and once again, it, it's a very difficult subject to... Uh, To condense, you know, because it's it's hundreds of thousands of years in the making, if not millions. Uh, there's nothing that I would correct. I, there is something that I, I did want to add, and and that is is that, ladies and gentlemen, before the Anunnaki got here, there were humans already here. There was extraterrestrial genetics and stock already here. And the Anunnaki had no right to tamper with it. In fact, it's, it's really against galactic law. But Enki was ordered to do it. And by him turning around and saying, okay, I have the original. Here it is. We're giving it back to you. That completes the circle. And it repairs the damage. Now, it doesn't get back the time. It doesn't get back everything that humanity has been through. Uh, but it's important to note that piece 
uh, that is very, very important. Um, we are the product of extraterrestrial DNA, all of us. And how can you be the product of extraterrestrial DNA and not want to, at some point, engage with the star families? It, it doesn't make any sense that, you know, okay, well, I'm, I'm comfortable with this, but I'm not comfortable with that. Well, you know, they're the ancestors of humanity. Many of them are. So, you know, we have to embrace the future because this is the future. Um, and this is where we're going. This, this was the mission. This is what we were always intended to do. The fact that there's, we have all been conditioned to be so paranoid and fearful is a, um, was a tool of the dark, of the dark side to hamper us, to handcuff us into this position. Well, you know, we have to, you know, the future is in front. If we're constantly looking in the rear view mirror, we're going to keep crashing. So we have to let it go. We have to let it go. Thank you all and aloha. Thank you. Take care, everyone. Love to all. <laughs>